This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 23rd of November. In your Squiz today, driving down electric vehicle prices, a close call in the Solomons, better the Bob you know, and a furphy fetches a fortune. This is your Squiz today. Claire, if you've been keen to get behind the wheel of your own electric vehicle, better known as an EV, but have been put off by the high prices, there could be some help on the way because the Albanese government has reached a deal with the Greens and independent ACT Senator David Pocock on an electric car discount policy. Now, the government says that could save businesses up to $9,000 and individuals up to $4,700. So your new EV has to be bought through a salary sacrifice arrangement and eligible vehicles have to cost less than $85,000 and that way they'll be exempt from import charges and fringe benefits tax. Uh, my advice is that if your head is spinning with all of that kind of financy <laughs> talk is to just nod. But the thing to know is that it's not a small measure that's in the margins. Uh, it's going to cost taxpayers more than $4.5 billion over the next 10 years. So the government's support for transitioning to electric vehicles is nothing to sneeze at. It is a significant cost and not everyone is happy about the policy, though. The coalition has an issue with the price tag and there are some other issues that have been flagged as well. Yeah, so to get support from the Greens and from Pocock, hybrid vehicles, which are powered by petrol and electric charge batteries, won't receive similar government support. They're now out of that mix. There are also issues with wait times to get the vehicles, uh, and they're also quite expensive. Uh, in Australia, EVs are significantly more uh, than a petrol fueled vehicle, but the Greens say that more EVs is a good thing, and the eventual second-hand market will be good for the environment. Someone else who might be pleased by the policy is Elon Musk, as his wealth has taken a hit of $151.4 billion, billion with a B, this year alone, as the Tesla share price dropped as the company continues to battle COVID-related supply issues from their vehicles from China. Claire, rescuers are still sifting through the rubble in Indonesia after a deadly earthquake struck West Java. The death toll there is now more than 250 people and rising. And the people of the Solomon Islands also had a close call after a seven-magnitude earthquake yesterday, sparking a tsunami warning. Yeah, that warning was issued just after one o'clock our time yesterday, uh, after that seven magnitude earthquake struck off the Solomon southern coast. It was also followed by a second quake that was a six magnitude. There were people who felt the tremors, but there's no reports of widespread damage in the Solomons, although the roof of Australia's High Commission collapsed. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese confirmed that yesterday. Uh, the tsunami warning has been called 
called off, but officials have asked locals to stay in elevated areas. Yes, Albanese also says our government has been in touch with Solomon Islands Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavare to let him know that Australia is ready to assist our Pacific neighbours. Claire, this is one that travellers will know all too well. Flight delays and cancellations are still near record high levels in Australia as demand continues to outstrip supply. The Federal Department of Transport has released the latest numbers and 69.3% of flights arrived on time in October and 68.5% departed on time. That's not a great result. Qantas was the top performing carrier in October with a 74.2% punctuality rate. Uh, At the other end of the scale was Virgin and Jetstar who were around 65%. Uh, It's a slight improvement on September figures, but they're certainly higher than the pre-COVID norm. The ongoing issues have led to calls for Oz to implement a mandatory compensation system for customers who have had their flights cancelled or delayed. And consumer advocacy group Choice says Australia has one of the world's weakest consumer protections in this area and that we're lagging behind the likes of Europe, the US and New Zealand. Claire, it's a case of in with the old Bob and out with the new Bob at entertainment giant Disney, as the company's board has announced a shock move to replace CEO Bob Chapek with former longtime CEO Bob Iger, who only officially retired last year. So he was a really popular figure during his 15 years at the helm. He oversaw the major money-making moves that Disney made to align with the Marvel and the Star Wars film franchises and also to acquire the Pixar animation studio. Uh, He's now tasked with getting... Disney back on track after a pretty rocky post-COVID period. Uh, Certainly there have been significant losses in its streaming service. Disney Plus, if you need a number, has a lot of subscribers, but it lost nearly US $1.5 billion between July and September alone. The company's share price rose by more than 8% on news of Iger's return. And one expert reckons his return is, and this is a quote, probably the most significant piece of corporate upheaval since Steve Jobs went back to Apple. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. Claire, I was surprised when I heard that a 1930s water tank and cart, which has been rusting in a paddock in Victoria's northeast for decades, has sold for $61,300. That's more than double the price of a previous record set. 
but you've put me straight because this isn't just any old tank, is it? <laughs> yep, this is the good country girl in me speaking. <laughs> it's a furfy, Siobhan. Oh, of course, and a furfy. <laughs> <laughs> they're water tanks that were made in Shepparton uh, in Victoria. They have an iconic poem on one end, uh, but they also became slang in Australia for an erroneous rumour, and that's because when they were used extensively in World War One the movement of those water carts led to a lot of speculation about what was happening and whether the troops were also going to move. Yes, back before water cooler chats I've discovered, furfy tanks were the OG gossip stations during that war, mm-hmm. often being placed next to toilets for people to wash their hands and incidentally becoming the go-to place for the latest hot goss, and that is no furfy. <laughs> anyway, if you're looking to buy one, you're going to have to save up because they ain't cheap. Claire, yesterday you and Alice spoke about why we should consider cuddling turkeys instead of carving them up. And now there's a couple of famous birds who've been given a reprieve. Yeah, there seems to be lots of turkeys as we lead into Thanksgiving that aren't heading for the dinner plate, as delicious as turkey is. But Joe Biden, the US president, has pardoned chocolate and chip. Uh, They then went on to stay at what's called the Residence of the Presidents, that is the Willard Hotel in Washington, D.C. Now, I don't want to show off, Claire, but I have stayed at that hotel and I have to say that is exactly where you'd want to live it up (laughs) after meeting with the President. So good for those turkeys. (laughs) Well done, chocolate and chip. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire, and the Socceroos are taking on France in their first World Cup match in Qatar this morning. Yeah. We're not going to win, Siobhan. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> That's I can feel it in my waters. I just don't know. France are the reigning world champions. And, look, I'd really like to say that we're going to win. I'm optimistic. I'll be cheering for the Socceroos. I really will. But, yeah, I'm feeling a bit down in the dumps about this one. Well, look, there's no doubt we're in a tough group, okay? But I am channeling Ted Lasso today, Claire, because I choose to believe. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) That's it from us today. Have a happy hump day and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.